sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Welcome each one to the house of God again this morning. It's good to be together and praise the Lord together. Seek his face together and hear his word together. <clears throat> we, can, we could do all of this at home, right? But it's not quite the same. Well, this morning, a little meditation that I have this morning is entitled, Seeking Diligently That Reward. Let's go to Hebrews 11.6 for our first scripture. Seeking Diligently That Reward. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. (coughs) Some of these thoughts come from a message that I heard recently here. Uh, Benji Grant preached it, and uh, it was just uh, inspired inspired me, and I thought I'd pass it on. So, uh, um... If we look at the second part of that verse, I think we all believe that God is. That's not a question here. But if we look at the second part of that verse, um, must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith brings action. Um, We see here that we must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And we know if we know that faith brings action, um, that's going to spur us to do something. It's going to, if we really believe something is true, we will act upon that belief. <coughs> and I was trying to think of a an example, <coughs> and the only one I could come up with is uh, not quite. Not very fitting, maybe, but it at least brings out the point a little bit. If I'm, let's say I'm traveling from the east to the west and I need to cross the Mississippi. And maybe I have a load, a truckload or something. And, and I come up to the bridge on I-80. If I believe that that bridge is going to hold my load, if I believe that with my heart, I'm going to just go right across. It creates action. And if I don't, I might not, or I might find a barge or something, you know, you know, some other way to get across. But if I believe that that bridge is going to hold me, I'm just going to drive right across. And <clears throat> so many things in our lives are that way. If we really believe something, we do. We act on that faith and without even realizing it. And in our Christian life as well. So here, in light of that, let's look at this verse again, the last part. Let's take out, I don't think we're 
butchering scripture to do this, but if we take out the first part of that where it says, uh, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, we say, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. <clears throat> That's going to stir us to action, to diligently seek him, if we really believe that. And Jesus says we must believe it um, if we want to come to God. So there's really no option. <clears throat> so what is the reward that the rewarder is going to give? And I think that's probably a, there's probably multiple things that um, is in that verse or in that reward, eternal life, um, a home in heaven, forgiveness of sins. I believe there's also a part of it that is for us here right now. Um, Part of that reward is the spirit of God working in our life and helping us to respond right in situations on a regular basis that are less than ideal. Situations that, um, yeah, are less than ideal. And the Spirit of God, we all want to respond right. You know, and there's, it's, it's actually, uh, probably most of us as Christians have, have experienced that time when, when something happened and, you know, your child messed up or your sibling stole your toy or, you know, whatever. And uh, that's for the children, <clears throat> hopefully. <laughs> and we were able to just respond right and without even really realizing it. It's the Spirit of God working in our lives, you know, and it feels good. And I believe that's a reward. That's one of those rewards in diligently, in diligently seeking him. but how are we really doing brothers and sisters are we living in victory in our Christian life do you have how are your relationships husbands to your wives are you dwelling with them according to knowledge giving honor being are you being heirs together of the grace of life That is God's will for us as couples, husbands and wives. And that doesn't just happen automatically. As I was preparing this message, I myself had to cry out to God for forgiveness as I realized times I failed and and have been failing. In that area and in other areas too. Um, And he forgave. Because that's what Jesus does. He forgives and he cleanses. And there is, there is hope when we fall, when we fail. Parents, do we tend to snap at our children when they mess up? <clears throat> What's our tendency? Just our first response kind of type of thing. Um, do we tend to get upset when someone crosses our paths, path? <clears throat> Is it okay to have an anger problem or a pride issue? Is that okay? <clears throat> Let's go to John 13.
John 13, verse 35. <clears throat> By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. What does this love look like? This is what all men, and I looked up the in the Greek, the men is is not there. It, it reads more like this. By this shall all know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one for another. It's like everybody is looking. What, what does this love look like? <clears throat> is, it a, is it a put on love, something that I can kind of tack, tack on in my life and say I have love for the brothers? <clears throat> yeah, love, love one for another. Well, let's go to 1 Corinthians. So that love is agape. Um, and I think we probably all understand what agape is. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. And there's a pretty good definition of agape here in 1 Corinthians 13. <coughs> we'll read verses 1 through 9. <coughs> Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not agape, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not agape, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not agape, it profiteth me nothing. Agape suffereth long and is kind. Agape envieth not. Agape vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Agape never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we, uh, yeah, verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Let's uh, read verse 10 yet. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. We'll stop there. <coughs> God's standard is high. Extremely high. But are we going to settle for anything less? Can we settle for anything less than the best? Is God going to settle for anything less? <clears throat> there is hope. If we fail, we can take it to 1 John 1.9. I think we all know what that says. If we, confess, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is what Jesus does. He forgives and he cleanses when we fail. <clears throat> but I'd just like to leave a challenge with all of us. If we have a predictable response that is not Christ-like to situations that are less than ideal, I think we better get desperate. Because it's what the Bible says. <clears throat> and if you're questioning that you read first john to see what god's what god's view of sin is and love and our response to the brothers should be 
1 John, the epistle of 1 John. <clears throat> Luke 11, let's go read that. Luke 11, verses 5 through 13. And he said unto them, Which of you have, shall have a friend, and shall go, un, go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I cannot, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, Yet because of his importunity or perseverance, he will rise and give him as many things he, as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, <clears throat> this is Jesus' response to this story that he just said. He says, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And I think we can take from that. <clears throat> From the story he just said, we can take from, we can assume that he doesn't mean just asking one time. He doesn't mean just opening the scriptures once and trying to see if we can find an answer. But he means asking and asking and asking until we get it. Seeking and seeking and seeking until we find it. Knocking and knocking and knocking until the door is opened. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh to him and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. <clears throat> Through verse 13. If a man, if a son ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? <clears throat> it's a wonderful promise there. <clears throat> but let's not grow weary in our asking until we find it, until it, we have it. Matthew 11, verse 12. Let's turn there yet real quickly. Matthew 11, verse 12, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I don't claim to understand what all that scripture means, but it looks to me like it's, it's, it's for those who are serious about finding it. It's for those who aren't going to um, grow weary when the way gets tough, tough and difficult. And it's for those who will continue asking and continue seeking and continue knocking until the victory is there and until you until we've come to the until we've come to that perfect day when Christ takes us home. <clears throat> if we find ourselves in a place of constant defeat, seek him diligently and you will find him. May God bless.